Lehman and Tyler McComas. Here are the top five stadiums in college football. At number five, we have the Big House of Michigan. And the largest stadium in college football singing Mr. Brightside is pretty badass. At number four, we have LSU's Tiger Stadium, a.k.a. Death Valley. And for the love of God, let the band play neck. At number three, we have Penn State's Beaver Stadium. Attending a whiteout in Happy Valley should be on every college football fan's bucket list. At number two, we have the one and only Notre Dame Stadium. And with the Golden Dome and Touchdown Jesus, this is one of the best venues in all of college sports. And at number one, we have the granddaddy of them all, Rose Bowl Stadium. No college football stadium has had bigger moments than the Rose Bowl. Oh, man. I'm not exactly sure how I feel about that list right now. Um, you, you hate the Rose Bowl, so I you got to hate that list. It's number one on it. Okay. So, Michigan, did it, was it Clemson at number four? Is that what he said? No, or was it, it was uh, ooh, ooh. wrong Death Valley. That was LSU's Death Valley at number four. Uh, okay, okay, LSU. Michigan, LSU, Penn State, Notre Dame, and then the Rose Bowl. I've I've been to three of these stadiums. Um, actually, I guess I've just been to uh, I've just been to two of these stadiums: Notre Dame and the Rose Bowl. Um, Michigan. I guess I've been to Michigan. I haven't attended a game there. And then I've only watched LSU and Penn State on television. I here's the thing: it's hard to deny how beautiful the setting for the Rose Bowl is, right? I mean, that is it, awesome. it is it incredible. Was, it, it was awesome, yeah. It's like 65 degrees, beautiful sunset in the mountains behind you. The grass, the, the, the beautiful natural grass turf is just perfection. You know, the actual stadium itself is, is not much. I mean, it's one of, it's kind of like the big house in Michigan. It's the low gradual sweeping bowl that holds way more people it looks like, it looks a like it's, it's as, about the it's, size it's as tall of a, as someone's house is what it looks like when you walk up to it you're like this is it huh what yeah like like honestly it's the size of like what you would consider like a 65,000 seat stadium maybe yeah but you know because of the way there's like no wasted space it's just all people um so it's hard to argue with, like, the scenery of the Rose Bowl, though. It's incredible. Um, and I haven't seen LSU at Penn State. Both of those look awesome whenever they're bumping. Notre Dame is – Notre Dame's really cool, but I probably – I don't know that I'd put it in this list. I don't want to use – Especially maybe, number two. Maybe overrated is way too harsh because it is like a – it's just a different experience at Notre Dame than maybe where you can get anywhere else. I just, when I hear OU fans talk about the road trips in the past 15 years, I hear way more about Tennessee. I hear way yeah. more about Ohio State. It's just like OU fans have seen some really cool places in the past 15 years. And Notre Dame's just not, it's not talked about like the Tennessee and Ohio State trips. You know, it's kind of weird. I, so if someone was to say to you, I, you, you've never been to the United States, 
and you have to give me like the top five destinations that you have to see in the United States. I, you got to go see all the stuff at Washington D.C. Heck, maybe you even have to go see the. Um, um, oh, why am I drawing a blank Uh-oh. on it? The, um, the Statue of in Liberty, South Dakota. That oh, oh, well, okay, Mount Statue Rushmore, Liberty, Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore. Like, there's some things on there, like. They're not necessarily get stuck in traffic like in great Friday of OU Texas. You got to do that. That's pretty cool. Right. That's America. They're not necessarily like the greatest. I, I it's just they're kind of like must see, and that's kind of like that's how I would throw in Notre Dame. Like if if a first timer needs to experience like all of the history and everything that is college football, like. Whether we like it or not, the Notre Dame story really kind of has to be told, and and it falls on the list somewhere. Should it be number two? No. Probably not. No. Well, the guy that made that is a Notre Dame fan, by the way. So, yeah, it, it, it was a TikTok guy, and uh, I've asked listeners, like, hey, if you run across any good content you feel like would be good for the show, just send it to me. And loyal listener TK did that. So I always appreciate that. That's why I played it today. Yeah, I think Notre Dame uh, at number two is probably too high. What What's cool, though, man, is what, what's cool is, you know, OU fans, like, just love the opportunity because they appreciate the history of the sport and appreciate other venues. They always love mm-hmm. the opportunity to go somewhere new. Well, here's the cool thing about the next, like, 15 to 20 years is that, you know, the way that college football has been set up for so long and in the conference that you're in, it was always going to be hard to see most, if not all, of the destinations that you've always wanted to see. And OU's done a really good job of trying to schedule those games at a conference, but now you're going to have yeah. an opportunity to see a lot of those in the SEC every four years, right? If not in the SEC, then maybe OU schedules some of those out-of-conference games at Penn State or, or, or whatever's on your list. And then there's the 12-team playoff where you might play – a road game in the first round at one of those. So, it, it, like, if you're yeah. just a college football junkie and there's so many places that you've just been waiting to see, the next 10 to 15 years are going to be the best opportunities you've ever had in your life to see some of these unique places, which is pretty cool. Yeah, on a on a consistent basis, there's no doubt about that. You'll, there'll probably be at least one trip a year to a, a special venue. Um like at least early on, it's going to be a place where a lot of people have never been. Um, but you know, it's it's going to be you're going to every year you're going to be able to probably go to some of the most talked about venues in all of college football. I can't. It's hard for me to put together a list. I was just about to ask you, know, you to do so to put, to put together a top five. It, it, I think you know, one of the things that happens is the type of game that you see in the stadium is like it biases your opinion massively like Tennessee the game at Tennessee the crowd everything about it like to me that's that's probably my number one right but if we would have gone in there and won by three touchdowns I probably wouldn't it it wouldn't have been the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, you can see what maybe isn't like one of the greatest venues, 
but you happen to have all of the perfect ingredients on a given night, and your, your experience there is just absolutely next level. And that's kind of how the Tennessee thing is. And I know that Tennessee routinely puts out great environments, but that night was just something incredible. So I'm a, I'm a bit biased there, and it's hard to, to really factor in and try, and try and think of what your bias is and how you pull it out. And I don't, I don't know. But Tennessee makes my top five. You know, Ohio State was cool, but like I think that that game kind of negatively affects that environment, um, because the second half was just kind of slow and Oklahoma dominated. Well, it just it. doesn't it, it seem was, like, like it's that, a place great, but. like it, it's it's um it's cool because it's old, and because you know a lot of cool things have happened there, like it. it OU, like I said, they don't talk about the Notre Dame experience like they do the Ohio State Tennessee. Well, no one talks about, no one talks higher about the than any experience than Tennessee. Ohio State just doesn't look like it's built for sound. Say that maybe Tennessee is, if that makes yeah. sense. You, you know what I mean? Like it's nope. a really cool I environment, do. a cool experience. But if you want loud, like in your face, like Tennessee is way more than that than Ohio State is. You know what? And maybe this is going to be unpopular. I'm not sure, but Nebraska is pretty damn good. I had that on my and top five, man. I, I did. When you consider that their program has been awful for more than the last decade, the fact that it's still what it is, like, can you imagine what that place is like if they're number? Five and they're hosting Ohio State, who's number three. Like what that place would be awesome would be like. That would be insane. <laughs> even without Nebraska, should be number one because it was wild, and they don't even don't even serve alcohol in the stadium, and it was wild for an eleven a.m. kickoff. My my uh, my rough draft top five. Oh, they don't serve alcohol in the stadium. I just no. actually I just bumped that out of the top fifty. Well, uh, OU fans, some OU fans didn't realize that till they were walking towards the stadium or inside the stadium. It was problematic for some. What it, was it though? Don't they let you out to go drink at halftime or something and let you back in? Uh, yeah, that may be the case. I'm, I'm I, I didn't do that, so I'm not sure. Here's my rough like draft uh, top five, and I haven't been to some of these places, but I am judging them what they are at their best. Okay. I would put LSU number one. It just seems like it's just totally a different environment Mm -hmm. there, especially at night. Tennessee at number two. That's probably a biased pick by me. Um, Florida at three when the swamp's going. It's super intimidating. Penn State at four when they do the wideout. And then I put Nebraska at five. Yeah. My rough draft top five. Yeah. Um, It's hard to argue with those. I will say that I, I've i seen LSU on TV, and it looks incredible, but I'm, I don't know, dude. I, I don't know that there's anything that can beat what I've seen from Tennessee a couple of times. Like our game there, the Alabama game last year, I, there's the whole spectacle of how the team enters the stadium, like they, they do this champions walk that is i don't know it looks like it's probably several hundred yards long and it looks like there's a hundred thousand people crowded around and the players walk through there and then they go out on the field they do the the split t thing and i the whole city is cool and you like the way they 
what do they call it, the Vol Navy? And, yeah. I don't know, and, and they scream <laughs> like the, you, And they scream the chorus of their fight song, which is pretty cool, you know? Like, you always hear the yeah. fight song blared and, like, in the stadium by the band, you know, whatever. But you don't hear often a fan base literally screaming the most popular part of it several times. Like, that's, that's pretty cool, man. They've, they've got some unique and things working in their advantage. The sound system is loud enough that I think some of those third downs, the uh, third down for what, that they played in that 2015 game in Tennessee are still traveling throughout the cosmos uh, light years away and will eventually land somewhere, <laughs> and they're gonna, <laughs> that's going to be the first thing they hear uh. from Earth is, uh, is that those third downs that they were playing that night. It, I, it, it's incredible. I would put Tennessee, like, bias seeing them at their best. I have to put Tennessee one. And I'm going to tell you, like, this is another very, very unpopular take. Don't say A&M. Texas A&M. Oh, God, you said I'm it. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm the, sorry. The game and the atmosphere that I witnessed in, in 2000, it, I think that was that place at its best, hosting the number one team in the country, having them on the ropes late, and that place was so incredibly loud. It was wild. And I had never seen anything like that before. Didn't know what I was getting myself into. The swaying is uh, pretty crazy when you're there in person, especially when you're sitting on the third deck like yeah. I was the first time I was there in 02. Um, you, you got any more to add to the list before I get to the text line? Um, I think I think the Rose Bowl, probably just the like the scenery of it. It's it's not it's not anything like what Tennessee is. It's not anything like what LSU is. It's like the, uh, uh, I don't know, like Tennessee and LSU are like old hot rods, dragsters, and the Rose Bowl is like the the Maybach or the Bentley. You know, it's just, it's classic. You you spend more time looking at the mountains than you do the actual game. Actually, it's about half and half. It's like a, yes. (laughs) It's a totally different. Different, man. It's a totally different. Uh, spin on it, but it's still incredible. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool in its own way. Uh, any others that you want to add to the list? Four and five? Well, n- not that I've been to, but some of the places that I've witnessed, like Penn State looks absolutely incredible. Um, I'd like to see that place whenever it, it is is absolutely rolling. Um, I think Nebraska, I think I got put Nebraska on there, man. Nebraska was cool. I think I got put Nebraska on there. It was loud when they took Considering, that 7 like, Everything lead. considered and you know, I was lucky enough to play there whenever it was, what was it, two verse three or something like that, one verse three, something in, in 01, and it was a great, loud atmosphere then. Again, different than Tennessee, different than, than LSU, but still incredible okay, in its own right. Okay, and I would agree with that, but it was more Tennessee and LSU loud and intimidating than I thought it was going to be. I, yeah. I, I almost thought that, oh, the fans are so nice there. When they score a touchdown on you, they're like, I know he was uncovered 20 yards down the field, but, man, that was still – that was pretty tight coverage over there on the corners over there. It's all right. <laughs> you guys will get us next possession. It's all good. It's okay. But it was more loud and intimidating than, than I thought. It, it had more of a SEC feel than I originally thought it was going to have. It, it, it was cool. I would definitely go back to Lincoln. 
is awesome. Well, I'll say this too. Oklahoma, whenever I've seen it at its best, is as good as any of these others. And I'm talking like from what I've witnessed is um, 2000 OU Nebraska, 2001 Oklahoma Kansas State, um, 2002 OU Alabama was an incredible atmosphere. 03 Bedlam. Uh, yeah, of course I was at that game. 03 Bedlam. Eric Bassey takes yeah, the was, uh, the fumble and uh, all the, the to to kind of clinch the game after Ronaldo Works takes the shovel pass. O three Bedlam and Ronaldo Tech. Works. Yeah, those were all great. And I mean, there uh, twelve Notre Dame was was really was really awesome. Lost that game, but was still a, a fantastic atmosphere. The Ohio State game was a fantastic atmosphere. So whenever whenever we actually get some of those opponents rolling through. Uh, our place turns into a different animal. Sure. Let me read this text, then we'll get to a bunch on the other side. This is a very good point. I wasn't at this game, but you can still tell the atmosphere is pretty awesome by watching it on TV. FSU in 2011 was every bit as loud as everything y'all mentioned. Feels like that game gets left out sometime. It's a great point. That was a Saturday night game. Florida State was number five in the country. That really feels like when they were really starting to make their push as a program, and they came up short that night, but they had the number one team in the country at their house. Like, I feel like the OU fans that were in Tallahassee like got to see the best as to what FSU has to offer. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't even see that game on TV, but from everyone that I've talked to that was there, that played in it, that – Took the trip down there. Like, Toby talks about how amazing it was all the time. So, yeah, I, I don't doubt that at all. And, you know, I think like most any venue, once you get up above 75,000, when you've got a venue that's hosting an incredible game with a couple of, of top opponents, it, it just turns into something something totally different. All right, we've got to hit a break. Quick timeout here from Chicken and Pickle up in OKC. Indoor-outdoor entertainment complex. They've got a really good chef-driven restaurant, sports bars throughout, pickleball courts, variety of different yard games. Awesome place up here in OKC. Come see us. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. You're simply this March, the best place to play is here at Riverwinds. Today at westwoodparkgolf.com. And while you're there, make sure to grab the newest accessories in the pro shop or sign up for some lessons to ensure your game is on par. That's westwoodparkgolf.com for tee times and information. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Brian Peace on Twitter says, uh, how is Virginia Tech inner Sandman not on that list? That would be really cool to see in person. I Maybe it's just because they've slipped as a program, but I feel like uh, Lane Stadium out there in Blacksburg has maybe slipped in these rankings. Like They probably are on this list 15 years ago, but I don't know if really anyone's thinking about them now. Have you ever been to a WWE event? I went to my first 
WWE event last year at the Paycom Center, and I got to tell you, I thought it was amazing. It was so much fun. Okay. So I went to WrestleMania in Detroit in like, ah, was it 2007? I think it was 2007. And my experience was that the buildup and entrances for the wrestlers, for the athletes, is some of the most well-done, like, explosive moments. It's just incredible. And they're all original. Yeah, no, it's really right. cool. It's, really, it's, it's better than the actual they're all uh, original. fights or whatever. And that's what I was about to say. And then they come out, and it goes quiet, and then the, the match happens. And while it's still entertaining, but it's like the climax is the entrance. And then it fades from that point dramatically throughout. And I kind of feel like that's the Virginia Tech deal. You have this amazing entrance, and then it just kind of, it just kind of fades after that. There is no yeah. – like at Tennessee, you have an amazing entrance to the stadium. You have an amazing entrance onto the field. You have an amazing, like, in-game atmosphere with songs and alma maters being sung and the way people are dressed. And it's like a, it's a full-on four-hour-plus experience that never stops as long as the game gives you, gives you something that, is, like, that keeps you locked in. So I think that's maybe why it's fallen off is because they get you there, they suck you in, you have an amazing entrance, and then – you kind of fall flat after that. Eric in Illinois says, I was in the pride of Oklahoma from 99 to 04. A&M was so loud, I remember not being able to see straight. Nebraska was unreal. Notre Dame in 99 was meh. Shockingly, though, Arrowhead Stadium in 2000 versus K-State seemed to be the only place that was close to yeah. College Station. The volume in that place was indescribable. Not a College Stadium, of course. But louder than most college stadiums. That's a good point. I didn't think. I mean, the Arrowhead Stadium yeah. in the NFL is often thought of as the loudest place in the NFL. So if you get a bunch of K State fans and a bunch of OU fans in there, yeah, I guess it makes sense as to. I'm sure that game was pretty loud yeah. in some moments. Are we? Um, are we omitting the Cotton Bowl OU Texas whenever that should be on the list? Um, like, that's kind of a must. Like, if, if you were introducing someone to college football, like, isn't that a must-attend? Yeah, no, it is. there's like, nowhere else that does it like that? The, it, to me, that's the game, not the stadium. Like, if you're just talking about pure stadiums, then the Cotton Bowl is not. That's true. You know? I guess that's right. But if you want to factor in the actual game, then sure, yes. I mean, that's – Josh Pate I guess says I'm it's kind the of greatest college football experience that he's ever had before. But – the Cotton Bowl by itself would be tough. Well, yeah. He went to the – like, the it was, was he there for the 21 game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the greatest game yeah. I've ever seen in person. That He picked the perfect game to go to, which, you know, there's been a bunch of great games, but that day was an entirely different situation. That was incredible. Uh, 918, those atmospheres, Tennessee, FSU, A&M are all incredible. I hate to give credit to A&M, but, it, yeah, it does get pretty loud there. It's, it's pretty crazy. 
Um, someone no. else saying, let me see, OU Tech, jump around game, sure, yes. Uh, you can't be there for fear in Lincoln, Nebraska in the 19, 1970s and 80s especially since we beat them most of the time in the last two minutes. Yeah. I, you know, I know there's been some, there's been some absolute thrillers. So, <laughs> here's a unique yeah, list: Sun wild. Devil Stadium, Athens, Texas A&M, Nevada, and Oregon State. I did not think I'd see a huh. list where Nevada out there in Reno is listed in uh, the same category as A&M, but here we are. Uh, that's interesting. This is someone who likes the mountains. You've got one that's built into a mountain in Sun Devil Stadium. You've got, and I think, aren't Oregon State in Corvallis kind of like in the, I, I, mean, I know it's not maybe. on the coast. It's like more arid on the inner side, but I think it's like just past the mountains as you move east. And then I'm guessing Utah is in the mountains? Yeah, yeah, it was in Salt Lake. Or you was it Reno? What did you say, Reno? Or yeah. Nevada, yeah, Nevada's in Reno. I, I've never been to the biggest... It's the biggest little city in Reno, right? Isn't that what it is? Yeah, I believe so. The biggest little city. I believe so. Here's an under-the-radar one from the 405. I think being at Iowa, waving at the Iowa Children's Hospital would be a cool experience, too. Iowa would seem like... Yeah. Well, you got to think, man. Iowa fans don't see touchdowns all that much, so when they actually do see a touchdown, you know they go crazy at that place. I bet it's the loudest stadium in college football per touchdown. I don't know. Maybe they boo when they see a touchdown. You know, we want three. It and seems outs. to be the the uh, the object of the game. Like they've hit this. Like they're threading the needle. We want to win, but we want the total to be under twenty, and we want to win by three. And somehow they're able to to pull it off every year. I don't, how many? Do you know how many that? Uh, Kinnick Stadium, Stadium I'm going to guess it? it's Kinnick Stadium. You can Google it. I'm going to guess it holds 68,000 and some change. And if I'm right, you can indeed call me a nerd on that one. I, gosh, I thought it was bigger than that. I thought it was 75-plus stadium. It may be closer to 70 than what I'm guessing. You're right. 69,250. Mm, nice. They had uh, some new seating upgrades that reduced the uh, capacity to 69,250. I guess it was up over seven seventy at one point. Let me uh, let me roll through three here real quick. Uh, jump around at Camp Randall from Camo Sooner. Yes, that would be amazing. Nine one eight. I remember the alma mater on the field before being drowned out by the OHIO. Couldn't even hear my drum while I tapped. I guess that's someone in the pride. Hmm. Peyton says better add cool. the Sun Bowl on the list if you want some mountains. Yeah, you were at the Sun Bowl back in twenty twelve. I'm there in El Paso. Ah, beautiful El Paso. Huh. I don't know if they're mountains. They're, it's hilly, and you can see into Mexico, which is interesting. It's like literally right on the border. They've got a little downtown area right outside the stadium, which is surprisingly pretty cool. I mean, it's not bad. I've definitely seen much worse stadiums for sure. It's not bad. Sounds like you're giving a nice little endorsement to uh, the Sun Bowl Stadium down there in El Paso. Put it on the list, people. I would would rank it pretty high for non-Power 5 stadiums that I've seen or been to. It's going to take you 
Big four, list. It's going to take you four days round trip to drive from OKC to El Paso, but put that on your list to go see a game there. Sounds like it's well worth your time. Hey, um, yeah, yeah. by the way, um, we had the idea yesterday uh, because there's this the, the new $175 million facility is coming about, but there's no like designs for it yet, at least publicly. I had the idea yesterday of, okay, do you want to draw up and build this new $175 million facility, or do you just want to buy the Jaguars owner uh, super yacht for $200 million? Maybe talk him down to $175 yeah. million and have college football's only facility out on the lake, and you can just have it out on Lake Thunderbird, and that's what you use. If you put that thing in Lake Thunderbird, it'd probably overflow the dam. <laughs> um, yeah, that's – that's interesting. Um, I, you know, it is. I can't wait to see what the mock-ups are, and I'm sure they're working on them right now. Um, can you imagine, like, the meetings and and everything you have to go through in order to get all of the things that you want? And they're not they're not going to be going from scratch, right? You'll be able to take, especially you know, Venables has been to, you know, Clemson has a new one and. Uh, you know, Alabama has like you can kind of see from what others have done a little bit and maybe highlight some of the cool points about that. And then plus bring something new and original to what it is that you're doing. But uh, think about the square footage. Think about all of the conversations that you that you want to have, because, again, the main thing is efficiency. Right. They want want everything to be incredibly efficient. So designing it in order to move all of those people from one place to another as quickly as possible. I, it's not as easy as, as we may think, but I imagine the mock-ups are going to be awesome. See, that's you why think they're going to go with like the the same brick type of exterior that we've got on the rest of the stuff? Yeah, it would make sense. I would think so. But I, I, I think you go to Shad Khan and say, here's $175 million cash. We'll take it from you right now. No questions asked. Or just, you know, you don't. it doesn't necessarily need to be in the water. You just park it right there. Um, east of the stadium. Yeah, a, lot That's of pe- it. a lot of people poke their uh, uh, they park their boats in their front yard. It, what's wrong with that? Yeah, It'd be fine. No big deal. No big deal. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next here from Chicken and Pickle up in OKC. Bringing you the physical, relentless, suffocating coverage of the Sooners you deserve. This is The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. West Yalagosny Law is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer? At WYG, communication is a priority. West Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. That's West Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is? Um, I had to go here. Um, I don't know if you guys talked about this yesterday or not, but uh, Joe Mixon... I guess his sister has been named as a suspect in a shooting and something that took place near his house late at night. Police were called. Just a a wild situation. Um, Don't know a whole lot about all of the details, but names starting to pop up in the news. You know, that one last deal that came up and ended up going away. Don't know exactly what, what all that was about, but 
The name's starting to show up with some bad situations all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, did, did he? I, I think I saw earlier that he that he got cleared of that. That he's not listed as a suspect, but still, it's not it's not a yeah. good look for him after what came right. out what a month ago or so. Yeah, and you know, even though he was cleared of what came out a month ago, it's still like you, you don't want those things to continue to happen. Um, so we'll see. Hey, uh, Aaron Rodgers, perhaps in uh, in a Jets uni. What do you think? Well, Adam Schefter Met in California with some of the Jets uh, ad- administration. Well, Adam Schefter really made a lot of people mad today, saying, "Hey, there's a." trade between the Jets and Packers or something like that and everyone thought it was Aaron Rodgers and it was a pretty low-level trade that happened but it kind of it, it seems like he's done in Green Bay and it kind of seems like he's going to go to the New York Jets so you do that darkness retreat Teddy how long did you do it for three or four days you emerge from a darkness yeah. retreat only to say hey I want to go play for the Jets who haven't been good in forever I'd be asking for my money back after that deal Right, no kidding, right? I guess, you know, it cleanses the brain maybe a little too much to where you don't remember the history of the Jets, but I don't know. We'll see. You know, they actually, if if their offensive line gets healthy, which they had some injury there last year, they have a, what can be a really, really good offensive line. They've got a really strong defense. They just haven't had – anything at quarterback in uh in quite some time that's all i got today um i don't think you watch this show my wife and i are the last of us on hbo it is getting crazy numbers hbo just released that episode eight last sunday was watched by 8.1 million viewers on the regular broadcast which is a 74 percent increase from the season debut. So not only is the audience growing, it's kind of growing at an unstoppable pace right now. And apparently each episode so far in season one is averaging like 30 million viewers across all platforms. Dang. Yeah. It's killing right yeah. now. It's, it's really good. It's killing it. We are, I think we're a couple episodes behind. Oh, so you are watching it. Yeah, it's really good. Really good. Yeah. I, I'd recommend it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we're, I think we're a couple episodes back, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It, it's, uh, it's pretty well done. And, you know, it's interesting because it is, you get kind of the, obviously the end of the world, world type of theme, but, you know, I know it's different, but you can almost tie it into what we kind of went through with, uh, with the, the pandemic illness type of stuff. So. It's interesting. I like it. It's good. Top 10 highest paid athletes of all time. Michael Jordan, number one, at $3.3 billion with the B dollars. Next closest <laughs> is Tiger Woods at $2.5 billion with the B. So, Michael Jordan. Man. Talk about outpacing everyone in terms of highest paid athletes. He's still the GOAT, in my opinion, when it comes to basketball. But he was the goat where it really matters, which is making a whole lot of cash. Well, he didn't make what you would consider to be a whole lot of money most of his career on the floor until I think late in his career there was like a year or two where the NBA didn't have a salary cap, I think, and he made like I think like $36 million a year or something like that, which in today's money translates to I don't know how much. But I, I think 
and I'm sure it said this in, in what you read, but I believe he still makes over $100 million a year off of oh, Air Jordan. Sure. These numbers, by the way, represent inflation-adjusted career earnings. So Jordan huh. won. Okay. Jordan's at one. Tiger's at two. Arnold Palmer's at three. Jack Nicholas is at four. And then you have uh, Texas A&M's recruiting class at number five to round out the <laughs> ranking. So pretty cool there. Last, Very nice. Last one I have, uh, and we'll hit this again in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. Bruce Feldman has his top ten college football head coaches. Saban at one. Kirby Smart at two. Dabo at three. Harbaugh at four. Or as we call him on this show, Harbaugh, because I said it one time and you won't let me forget about it. <laughs> James Franklin at five. Oh, my God. Ryan Day oh at God. six. Muleshoe at seven. Brian Kelly at eight. Kyle Whittingham at nine. Lance Leipold, head coach of the University of Kansas at ten. <laughs> that's – and I'm not saying that that's wrong, but that's kind of a – it's kind of a, an odd name to have in the top ten. You've got – like the who's who at the biggest and best football programs, and then you've got the Kansas coach who's, I don't know, never had a winning record there. Did they even have a winning record last no, year? No, they were 6-7. and seven. They were a two-point conversion away from having a winning record, but came up short. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so that's interesting, but he has done an amazing job there. Boy, oh, uh, Ryan Day – is slipping down the rankings quite a bit, isn't he? Third he was best, like number third two best there for head a while. coach in the Big Ten now? Oh, buddy, yeah, he is slipping. Man, that's going to hurt some of those Ohio State fans up there. But let's let's be real. Franklin, is he is he a top five? No. Tyler? Teddy, top five head coaches, you don't have to wonder if they're a top five head coach. They're slam dunk nominees, right? James Franklin, like, that's great. They won the Rose Bowl last year, but they weren't better than Ohio State. They weren't better at Michigan. Penn State won a Rose Bowl. It's one of their better seasons they've had in a while. But one thing didn't change. They were still the third-best team in their own division. They were still the third-best team that's in right. the Big Ten. Like, he's not a top-five head coach. I'm sorry. He's a good head coach. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very nice head coach. But James Franklin is never going to take, in my opinion, Penn State to anything more than the third-best team in the Big Ten. Yeah. What do you think uh, is Harbaugh top five? Has he got to be thrown in there with what he's done yeah, at Michigan? No. He's, he's been yeah. pretty consistent. Well, and, and not just the past two years, but there was some consistency before he started beating Ohio State. That's just the one thing that he couldn't do. So, yeah, he, he deserves to be right. in the top five. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um I like uh, Whittingham being in there. I agree with that. Brian Kelly, that's a, it's kind of hard to argue, especially he had a pretty good little run there in year one at LSU. We'll see what he does in year two. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll come back and wrap up hour number two here from Chicken and Pickle and OKC. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Rightway Insurance is an independent insurance company, which means they work for you. They can use their network of providers to search for better coverage and a better deal for your life, health, home. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Here is an, uh, here's an interesting thought on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, I'll let you deal with this one. This is from uh, loyal listener Sean. Now, we've been talking a lot about this 
$750 million facility uh, that OU is going to build. He says you should just give every player in the next seven recruiting classes $1 million. That's seven straight number one recruiting classes instead of building this facility. Yeah. Well, is that – are we talking about the I'm at 175. basketball arena? I went 175 million, not 750. Okay. No, he's talking about yeah. – like he's saying, well, okay. yeah, if, yeah, yeah. if it's all NIL driven, then why not just give each player $1 million for the next seven years and you'll have the number one recruiting class and the players you need to win a championship. Why, why not just do that instead of building this thing? Um, I don't have a good response to that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, hopefully you can do both, I guess, would be my only uh, response. But, no, I, that is legitimate. If for the longest time, like one of the biggest recruiting tools is like, what do your facilities look like? And you go back to Texas A&M spent, you know, $750 million after Johnny Manziel Heisman and they had this massive influx of donations and just rebuilt the entire uh, athletics uh, facilities there. You know, now if if it's going to be more about NIL stuff, then why aren't you putting a break on all of the facilities upgrades and just, you know, talking to donors about, you know, uh, investing that money into NIL. And I think that's where your biggest issue comes is I think it's currently way easier to get donors to invest in the best facilities in the country than it is to invest in a high school kid and come in here and, maybe spending a year before they hit the transfer portal and, and being gone. And, you know, I, I don't know. I think there's more roadblocks to that. Like, on its face, if it were that simple, I think you would probably see some people do that. Yeah. And maybe they are right now. Well, like Big Rick and Owasso, schools can't give NIL. That's why. Well, not technically, but, you know. Yeah, but those facilities are being built with not all donor dollars, but a big majority of those are donor dollars. And – those donor dollars can go to NIL. But, like I said, it's it's way easier to convince someone into investing in, you know, having the best facilities in the country than it is just a, a random five-star hey, kid from If nothing else, it's a very fair question. Um, it does seem very anti-Brent Venables and how they're going about recruiting, though. Like, they certainly have a type of guy, yeah, that it, it, it seems like, and that's not kind of like the, the avenue that they seemingly have gone down. Well, I'm hoping that, you know, here in the near future, they're going to have some avenues with some NIL stuff to be able to maybe do a little bit of both. All right, quick timeout. We'll be back for the final hour here from Chicken and Pickle next. It's a- 